Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. I am excited. Today we are going to be ending our 23 series. I don't know about you, but I, lo- I love this series. I love this series because it, it, it kind of took a familiar verse. And we kind of broke it down to see what some of these truths that God has for us. Sometimes if we go past these verses, you know, we just miss what God really wants to say in our life today. And today we're going to be ending that series. We just came off a a massive week-long prayer week, and it was amazing. Come on. Yeah, you can give it up for Jesus today. We partnered with another church, Lakeland Family Church, and man, but I'm going to tell you right now, Axios Church, you showed out. You showed up and you showed out. Thank you so much for being there. It was so powerful. And I was telling people in our pre-service this morning is coming off a week a week of prayer like this, being, of us being so intentional in getting into the presence of God, uh, uh, the enemy was trying to fight us for this service. Why? Because I truly believe breakthrough is going to happen today. Can you believe that with me? Breakthrough is going to happen today. Whatever you came in with, you're not going to leave with. God is going to transform some things in your mind. And as I was trying to end this series, I truly, I truly believe God gave me this analogy or this illustration. Um, and and, and it, it, I want you to know this. Before I preach to you, this message really preaches to me. It preaches to me. And I'm gonna, we're going to get a little personal here as we navigate through this this series. So we're going to go to Psalms 23, and we're going to be ending the series on verse 5 and 6, and we're going to see what spiritual truths God wants us to speak to today. And it says this in verse 5. It says, it says, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, it overflows. Surely goodness and mercy, it shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, I love the end of that verse where it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. But we got to, before the get to the end, we got to go to the beginning. And here in the verse, these two verses to set the stage of what God wants us to speak on today, what, what he wants to speak into your life first and foremost is you have to understand the context of what's happening here. You got to understand that what is, what is actually being presented to you. And God uses this analogy with David writing this as he's being king. He's, he's being reminded of a lot of the things that he came up with, grown up with. And you're going to see a little bit of these things come into play in this verse. But first and foremost, the whole verse is set around a banquet table. It's set around a banquet table. It says that God himself is the host. If you talk about with David here, David is really showing that God is preparing this table, which it says he prepares a table, which it tells me two things about God that you need to know first and foremost. Number one, God is involved and God is intentional. 
God is involved in your life and God is intentional because David said, hey, he has set a table before me. He has prepared this banquet for me. And it gives this representation of a banquet table that food is set up and it's ready for a banquet. David was really clear in saying who was in charge of this banquet table. And in seasons of being dark and seasons of, of insecurities or, or uncertainties, we have to know that even in those seasons, he still is intentional and is involved. You, you have to know that. That, that even, as we talked about last week, even, in, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he is still involved and he's still intentional. He's intentional with how he sets up the table. He's intentional how he, he presents the things towards you. And you got to understand that first and foremost. And as we move forward, we see that this host has prepared this table, this, this banquet table in the eyes of people, the eyes of certain things. See, if God was presenting a table before me and he's setting this banquet for me, I want the elite of the elite to be at the banquet with me. If you can look at this this way, I want all the blessings that God has for me at the table with me. I mean, I want, I want financial blessings to be with me at my table. Ha <laughs> ha. If I'm going to have a banquet with anybody, I want it to be something that I like. I want hope to be at the table with me. I mean, I want to sit with hope. I want to be hopeful. I want to have joy at the table with me. I mean, because I want to live a life of joy. I want to live a life of peace. Oh, how about peace? Woo! Peace in this crazy world where you don't even know what's happening. I want peace to be at the table. If God is setting a table before me and people are going to be there for me, hey, I want my healing to be there. Hey, I want the elite of the elite. If I'm going to be having some dinner and I want to be the fanciest dinner, I want the best of the best. But as we look into this verse, it transitions to a place where I do not like. God doesn't say, I set a table before you in the midst of the blessings that I have for you. It doesn't say, I set a table before you in the midst of that healing that you are seeking after. It says, I don't set a table before you for that, that prayer need that you want or that person that you're, you're speaking um, to God for to get salvation in your life. Why does God not do that? It's not as God is having a care over your head and trying to make, play games with you. He wants you to do this first and foremost. The table that he set before you, it says he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And that's where I stopped. And I said, I ain't going to this banquet. Because wh why would I want to, why would I want to wine? Why would I want to dine with the presence of my enemies? I know they're the haters. I know the people that don't like me, but why, why would I want to be with them? Don't, don't come religious at me. When you read this verse before, you're like, okay, 
God, I believe your Bible, but like, this is weird. Why would you say that? And first, in the, in, you, you have got, put me through the valley of the shadow of death. And now you're telling me that I have to be at this table in the presence of my enemies. Because God is preparing a table not for your comfort, but for your awareness. Come on. You're going to have to speak to me here today because he, he don't want you to be in a table full of comfort. He wants you to be a table of awareness. And awareness is, is so key for your life, but awareness is not fun. Because when we're aware of the things that are happening around us, that means we have to do something about it. And maybe it's because we have to change. And we don't like to change. But God says he sets this table before me in the presence of my enemies and he filled this table, not with only the good things, but the things that I struggled with. He says this, that I want to take you to this table in the front of your enemies. I want you to face the things you don't want to face. Unfaced enemies become becomes unwanted realities. Let me say that again. Unfaced enemies becomes unwanted realities in your life. And if I can be a little bit honest with you today, there are some enemies that I don't want you to know about me. There are some things that I struggle on a daily basis as your pastor that I don't want you to know. Because if you knew, you would judge me. Well, that's how I feel. <laughs> If you knew, would you even come to church? This is stuff that goes in my head. If you knew, would you even follow what God is doing here? But unfaced enemies becomes unwanted realities. And I know when I don't face my issues, they become issues that I really don't want to live with. What are the enemies in your life? I'm just going to tell on myself today. My first enemy that I deal with is the enemy of comparison. And God himself, God himself says, hey, you are sitting with comparison. And comparison is sitting at my table. And I look at people, and I look at different churches, and I look at different people, and I'm like, why am I not blessed the way they are blessed? And I start comparing myself. It's a daily struggle for me. It's a daily, constant pick up my cross and follow Christ. I struggle with comparison. And you know what God says? Hey, invite him to the table. What's another thing that I struggle with as your pastor? I struggle with pride. Sometimes I got to get kicked off my high horse. Especially with a position like this. Where, where it, it's so easy to get the praise, and not give the praise to him. If I'm just being honest with you today, I struggle with pride. And guess what God says? Invite him to the table. What's another thing that I struggle with? Fear. Fear. I struggle with fear on a constant basis. Oh, don't do that because of this, or you will hurt, you will hurt this person. It's a fear. 
can I, if I'm going to be completely, I'm, gonna, I'm an open book for you today. Five minutes ago, the, 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 the production team can attest to this. I was, I was shaking in fear to preach today. I had a mini panic attack 10 minutes ago in the back because of fear. Because fear can grip you and strip the purpose that God has for you. God said, invite him. God, I don't, want, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing here. How about this? Your pastor has a temper. You don't see pastors say that a lot. I, ask my wife. I struggle with temper. When I don't get my way, sometimes I just, I, I want you to hear my opinion. Just listen to me. And sometimes that little turns into my Puerto Rican side come out and it don't look good. Invite him to the table. My last thing that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hot mess. So there's more, but let's just for the sake of this. God tells me to invite, I deal with confidence issues. Not feeling good enough. And it's so funny whenever God gave us the vision of this church, he said, hey, it's for people to find worth and purpose in you. And guess what I struggle with? My worth. <laughs> God, you're funny. How can I lead a movement of worth and purpose if, if I struggle with it myself? And, and God has told us to prepare this table. He has prepared a table, not for the elite of the elite, but he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Let, let, me, let me just give you a representation of what this looks like. God himself. King of kings and the Lord of lords, he is all gracious, all holy. He says, hey, let's go out to eat with these people. But you have to understand this, that God doesn't do this for you to live a life of fear or or, or like less of. No, he wants you to face these things because if you don't face these things, you're never going to overcome to the promise that he has for you. Amen. See, in this section as well, it, it, he says a transition verse. Okay, he said, now that you're seated, now that you look at your ugly, when's the last time you've been faced with your ugly? Where you look around, you're like, dang, I'm not that good. And you're faced with your ugly and God has given you the power to overcome, but you don't know how to overcome because all you do, all you know is you're surrounded by your issues. To sit in it. Sometimes we need to be reminded of God's grace in our life. God's grace, because it transitions the verse right here. And this is where it's, it gets good. Freddie, it gets good. It says, he says, you anoint my head oil and my cup overflows you got to understand this david the last time he was anointed with oil 
was on the fields when he was anointed to be king. Now, David now is writing this verse of desperation to God, representing the oil again, and now he is living in the promise that he was once anointed for. God says, in the midst of your enemies, you can still be effective. Because what happens in our world, it says, when you have issues, you just have to stay in your issues. But God said, in the midst of you sitting in the midst, when you face your issues, when you, when you are faced with your issues and you give it to me and you trust me in the process, in the banquet table that I've given to you, my Holy Spirit is going to be with you. Because here's the thing. The oil represented two things. In the physical, with the shepherd, they used oil to, to heal the wounds of the sheep. They used oil to protect the skin of the sheep from the sun. They used it to mend the wounds of the sheep. But also, the oil also represented the Holy Spirit as well. So he's saying, while you are in the presence of your enemies, I have a little bit of oil for you. Because you might feel down. You might feel out. But I'm here to, I'm here to pour my oil on your head. I'm here to give you that healing that you need, that mending that you need. I'm here to give my spirit in the times of trouble. And he pours it on the head. Why on the head? Stay right here, guys. I'll be back. Why on the head? Because majority of the time, we are struggling with our mind. The enemy knows this. If he can get to your mind, he can get to your heart. So when I'm surrounded, it's so easy to give in to these enemies. But then God said he anoints my head with oil. His Holy Spirit comes into my life. When I am surrounded, all I got to go is have reliance on him. And the mind games that he does, he pours his head with oil. I mean, he just pours his spirit into your life. Why? Because the oil is represented the healing that you so seek. And yet it might look messy. And yeah, you might not feel, you might feel uncomfortable, but when his spirit is in your life and his Holy Spirit is directing in your life, there's nothing that can hold you back. You might be in the middle of it, but his oil is poured on your head for your healing and for your power. It said he anoints my head with oil when I am surrounded at the table that he prepared for me. God is so intentional that he says, hey, I know you won't face it on your own. I'm going to prepare it for you. But while I prepare it for you, I'm not going to leave you there alone. There is a cup of oil that is there to be poured on your head. In those mind games, I am there to, to take those away. Their Holy Spirit will come upon you and those mind games can go away. The healing that you need, I will mend those wounds. I will be with you in the midst of 
you're in the oil will run down. This analogy represents a change of character. Because you can change the outside all day, but the Holy Spirit is what's changing on the inside. It's a change of character in your life. And even though you're surrounded at the table and you face what you can, God is there to pour his oil on your head. Then it transitions again. There's a lot of transitions in this. It says, talks about a cup. It says that this cup is a cup that is supposed to overflow. Aren't you glad you serve a God that is not just a God of the enough, but he's a God of the overflow? Because while you sit at the table, he anoints your head with oil. But then there's an analogy of a cup that is, that is poured out in your life. And this is what we feel like sometimes. That we feel like, God, I need more. I'm seeking more in my life. And what do we do as humans? We try to pour the water in of what we think more is. You got to identify your more. Because more to you can might mean more money, but God knows you can't handle it. More to you might mean, hey, I need, I need that other job, but hey, it might take away from your family. And God said, no. But what we, if we're not careful, we start pouring our own overflow. And it's really not an over, it's a false sense of overflow. Sometimes your overflow can be like, hey, I have, I have the friends, an abundance of friends. But then they stab you in the back and you're like empty. <laughs> but God's overflow is a little different. It, he continues to pour and pour. And here's the thing. The table is still there. He didn't say, hey, once I finish this, then I'll overflow. The, 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 the distance between the overflow and the issues What's in the middle is obedience. You will never obtain the overflow. You can be stuck at a table that God has prepared for you because you're not willing to receive his spirit and mend your wounds. But, but when you do, there's a distance between the table and the overflow. It's called your obedience. And, and David is given this analogy of the banquet table and he poured my head with oil, the representation of the healing that I need and the power that I need to move forward to what God has for me. And the, what God has for me is an overflow. Not only a blessing, but of peace, of love. And he just keeps on pouring. And you're looking like, God, I, I can't handle You know why he gives you more than enough? It's not for you. The overflow is not only for you. It's for you to tell others as well. He, he, if God just gives you enough, you would just be complacent with what he's given you. 
But why he gives you more than enough is for you to be a blessing to others. And David knew this. He said, you, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows because it's not only about me. It's not only about my kingdom. I'm building the kingdom of God. And while I'm headed to heaven, I'm bringing somebody with me. I need the overflow, not for my life, but for your life as well. It's the overflow. It's the overflow that we so desperately need. And God continues to pour it on. But you know how we can stop the overflow for others is being a hoarder of the flow. Oh, God, I, I, I can't serve because I'm just too busy. I'm coming for you today. Because I'm, I'm sick of hearing Christians being complacent in their life. And they're living a powerless life, not because God is not powerful, it's because you're being stupid. Sorry. Bad. God is all willing. He, he, he wants to give you the overflow. But it's not the overflow you probably want. It's the obedience. The overflow. I'm too busy. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't give because of this and that. No, when God pours his blessing, it's not only for you. It's for others to find Jesus. And here at Axios Church, this is the prayer I have as your pastor. God, overflow our banks. Overflow in our church because we don't want to be a hoarder of the flow we want to help others we want to give to others we want to be the light in the dark places god overflow in our life it's the overflow is what gives the breakthrough in our life anthony you can come up the table is set. The, the oil is poured. We're stepping out in obedience for the overflow. But here's what God does even more. He says, I'm not only going to give you the overflow, there's a promise on the other side. It said this, surely, not a lady, that you know her name's Shirley, is Shirley. I love that. I love that part of the, of the verse. Because for me, I read that, and I, I feel God is a little comical, you know? It's like, Shirley. It's like, duh. <laughs> He's like, you, you were doubting me. <laughs> like, he, he's like, hey, bro. Duh. Hey, sis, there was no other option. He says, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me. It's no option for God. For you, it might be an option. God, I can't have mercy and goodness follow me because I know what I've done. I know what I sit with. God said, I prepared the table for you to face it. 
God is not surprised at what you're dealing with. He's not like, oh, I'm not going to go. No, he's like, I know what you're dealing with. That's why I set the table for you to face it, for my Holy Spirit to come into your life, for me to show the blessings that I have for you. But while I show you the blessings, here's the promise. I will be with you every step of the way. My goodness and my mercy will be with you every step of the way. You don't have to do it on your own. One of the, the, the main mottos here at Axios Church, don't do life alone. You can take that to your spiritual walk as well. Why do you try to do it alone? When God has said, hey, I got, I got the team behind your back. They have your name on the back and they're following you every step of the way. In front, it says goodness. In front, it says mercy. But they're on your team. And while you walk, you can trust and lean on the goodness of God. When you walk and, and, and you go through life, you can lean on his mercy because they are following you all the days of your life. And then it says, man, this is some good stuff. There's this other word in there. It says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what that word dwell means in the midst of all this? It means a permanent residency. Do you know that this earth is not our home? That there's a heaven there's a hell. And one day, we're going to see our Savior face to face. He, while, we, while God overflows in our life and we follow the goodness and mercy, the promise at the end of it is heaven. Our permanent dwelling place is heaven. We don't get excited for heaven anymore. We've got so comfortable with the craziness on this earth that we forget to, to preach and teach on heaven. Heaven is a place where there's no more crying. There's no more sickness. Streets of gold. I mean, God is there dwelling in that place. There is no day, there is no night that you're not in his presence. There is no day, there is no night that you can't see him face to face. There is no day, there is no night that you are separated anymore from the presence of God. Isn't it a dwelling place that we all want to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords? It's the transition from the issue from the banquet to the issue, to the spirit, to the obedience, to the overflow, to knowing who's on your team, goodness and mercy. So one day, that glorious day, where we can see Jesus face to face, the dwelling place forever. I'm here to tell you today that your issue that you sit with doesn't determine your promise but you know what does your obedience to follow him 
you have to know this, that this walk of Christianity or this walk of being a believer, it's going to be hard. But God is so intentional and is so involved that he knows what you need for the season that you're in. Don't, aren't you glad that we serve an on-time God? That we can be in the midst of the things that we struggle with on the, on the daily, but he still has the oil for you. He still tells you to walk to the overflow and to walk to one day see him face to face. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together. Thank mm-hmm. you.